Joel, welcome to the Bitcoin Source. Can we start things off by having you introduce yourself to the audience? Of course, of course. First of all, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, my name is uh, Joel Fulford. I work for a company called 10 Net Zero, co-founder and CEO. Um, really got started in the Bitcoin space through my oil and gas uh, experience. So I'm a mechanical engineer by training from Canada originally. Uh, went to business school, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, kind of have a varied background. Uh, upstream, midstream, downstream, power industry, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but eventually migrated to to flare gas, Bitcoin mining. Uh, met my business partner in business school. He was a Bitcoin guy. I'm actually a friend of uh, uh, the pioneer of Bitcoin flare gas mining, Steve Barber. Uh, so those two people came together and we uh, or were in my ears speaking to me all the time. And yeah, I just had to take the jump. Got uh, got fell in love with Bitcoin and, and just saw the opportunity to integrate that into the oil and gas industry, and especially down here in Texas, which is where I'm based. And yeah, that's kind of the, the short and dirty of it. Thank you, Joel, for that introduction. That was awesome. Um, the first question I usually ask people when I get on the show is, you know, I really want to source their Bitcoin knowledge. Like, where did they start? How did they get orange pilled? So, was there any books, courses, or even people in the ecosystem that might have inspired you um, to become a better Bitcoiner? Ooh, yeah, great question. Um, yeah, so I mentioned Steve Barber of Upstream Data. He's actually a good friend of mine. We went to school together in Open uh, Canada. So, you know, me and him, we played baseball together and stuff like that. And anyway, long story short, he left the oil industry to his great job to start flare gas Bitcoin mining. And at this point, I lived in Texas. I was like, Steve, what are you doing, man? Like, what is this? What is this Bitcoin that you're doing? You sound crazy. Uh, so, you know, he, he introduced me to it and got, got that going. And then when I, in 20, 2018, 2019, that's where I met my business partner. And he was a, you know, a big corner from an earlier vintage. And he was just, you know, telling me, speaking to the other ear about how great Bitcoin is and uh, what it's about. Um, and he had actually started a Bitcoin company selling like hardware wallets and things like that. So, he, you know, he was very knowledgeable. I could ask him almost any question about Bitcoin and go down a rabbit hole. So he was a great resource. Uh, and then, yeah, you know, the Bitcoin Standard was a great book to read to really get an overall uh, understanding of the Bitcoin. And then um, what was that other? There was a great book I read, Layered Money, which was another great book that I really enjoyed to really show you the the, the value proposition of what Bitcoin can be. And then, you know, there's other there's other books that aren't necessarily related to Bitcoin, but are um, inspirational from an entrepreneurial perspective. Um, like The Psychology of Money was a fantastic book that I read that really helped uh, just, you know, get you inspired and get things going and get you moving and, into doing stuff. So, yeah, those are those are all great, great books that I've read and, and really helped me down that path. Uh, you know, take, you know, get the orange pill and... <laughs> <laughs> just let it flow through the veins in, in your sense. And yeah, I love it. And then one thing I would add, uh, you know, this is kind of very, I think this is interesting. It's like, but you know, if you, if you ever read the Bible, the book of revelation and the end times and whatnot, and how that economic system works and looks, uh, that's also something that's always been in the back of my mind and how, you know, what, how do you opt out of that, out of that system? So from, from a, uh, you know, spiritual belief aspect, that was something that also, kind of got me into got me into the in the space um i actually had jimmy song on who's you know a devout christian and we kind of talked about some of those concepts that you were talking about with you know uh money being you know 
based around technology and kind of being used for nefarious reasons. And I think that, uh, you know, Bitcoin has come in as this conduit to kind of really save humanity in a lot of ways once people fully onboard and understand it. Joel, I really want to like get into, you know, Bitcoin mining because I know that's your wheelhouse and I want to talk about 10 net zero. And my question to you is 10 net zero, it helps energy asset owners by um, mining as a solution, right? Do you feel the industry is changing for the better or for the worse as this climate change narrative becomes more uh, ubiquitous in the mainstream media? Yeah, great question. So I'm going to say it's getting better uh, for, t- for two reasons, really. One, uh, I'll call it the climate change narrative because I think there's a certain storyline there that people are trying to toe a line on and that has infiltrated many the higher levels of many companies, right? So what Bitcoin mining can do is reduce wasted energy and emissions. So it's good that that's top of mind and that's a KPI for companies, but it's really the larger companies that are, could use Bitcoin mining as a way to reduce scope one and scope two emissions on their site. And that's coming from the top down, from an ideological standpoint. So that's, I'll call it, that's good for our industry in terms of getting more Bitcoin uh, hash on and more Bitcoin projects going. And then from a smaller perspective, um, I think that the reality is setting in that, you know, it's great to have renewable resources, but you need oil and gas to operate for the next 50, maybe even 100 years, right? So that reality has set in, which some people think is counterintuitive to the climate change narrative, but it's not. It's a complement to it. And if we're looking to become more efficient in our energy usage, then Bitcoin mining is a fantastic solution to make your operations more efficient, right, from a reality perspective. So I think it's getting better overall, even if some of the narratives seem at the surface level to, to compete against each other. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that um, Bitcoin mining is still in a lot of ways in its infancy still. And, you know, I just recently saw that Shell is sponsoring uh, the Bitcoin conference. And I guess they have some multi-year deal where they're talking about energy and renewable renewables and just the mining industry as a whole. So that's a big signal right there because, you know, Shell is one of the main oil producers in the country. So um, I think that by them getting on board is really going to open up this energy sector for people to really understand that this mining industry is huge and there's a lot of opportunity there. Exactly. I 100% agree with that. I mean, Shell sponsoring that event, it took a two-year contract on it. It's just, it's like I said, it's a fantastic signal to say, hey, these oil and gas companies are not living in the past. They are looking to evolve. They are looking to innovate. They are looking for new solutions, and they're and they're innovative. At, I mean, these were very. I mean, at one point, oil and gas companies were the most innovative companies on the planet, right? Before tech, they had all the talent, and now they're 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 being able to move past this uh, image of being just dinosaurs that you know, just focus on money. They're not. They're, they are looking for cool solutions, innovative solutions. And there's a, there's a lot of great people in these organizations that want this technology to come through and, and work. And like you said, that's just a great, great signal because the bigger the company, the slower they move. So if Shell's doing it, that means it's permeated to a certain degree. And I love to see that. And, you know, Gary V, you know, the famous entrepreneur, Gary V, he always talks about um, profiting through arbitrage. And I remember seeing you on several other podcasts talking about this. So how is like helping energy companies arbitrage with Bitcoin mining? Like, what are your thoughts on that as far as like what Net Zero is planning to do? 
Yeah, great question. So 10 net zero is really looking to solve problems for oil and gas companies particularly, right? So the easiest one is flare gas. Uh, it's, this is a resource that they've spent millions of dollars to find, and then they typically look to produce oil but and gas as a byproduct, but they light it on fire, right? It's just extraordinarily inefficient, and no one wants to, nobody who actually wants the flare from the oil producer to the president of the Sierra Club, whoever, like nobody wants that to happen. It's just that there's no other means to take care of it. Either there's no infrastructure available from a pipeline, or it's too expensive to get one there, or it's going to take too long, whatever. So... Energy arbitrage, that's what Bitcoin is, is really able to provide. So I can take your waste energy, which basically has a $0 value, and I can now attach uh, a, a price to that, that is worth something. I, and if you look at uh, the MM, like the, the heat value of your gas, you can do a correlation to how much Bitcoin or dollars per kilowatt hours, how we typically talk about it, value to that gas, right? So... I can turn zero into today. I mean, with top equipment, you can get like twelve dollars an MCF, which is huge. That is that's, that's like six times more where you're getting at Henry Hub right now. Yep. So that's the energy arbitrage opportunity that you can have with Bitcoin mining on on wasted uh, assets like that. The other part there is you know you can go on a bigger scale if you're a midstream producer and let's say you're selling into the Wa or you're at the Waha Hub, which is in Texas which just has a massive volume of gas going to it. And this just standard supply and demand, there's not enough demand. They can't ship it out of there fast enough, which pushes prices really, really low and sometimes negative. If you could put a Bitcoin mining center in and around that area, you could stabilize those prices, never see negative prices again, potentially. And that's what you're doing. You're playing energy arbitrage. You can get cheap energy, energy that is costing somebody money at this point, and turn it into real value through the Bitcoin um, network. And what's beautiful about that is that it's a point of sale right there. You don't need to ship this molecule across the country. You don't need to put it on a boat and ship it across the world. You can sell it basically through the Bitcoin network instantly on your site, wherever you're located, right? And that's, I think, really transformative in the midstream sense because that's never nothing like that has ever existed before most definitely and there, there were two things that you said there that i think the audience if they're not familiar with bitcoin mining um, might not know about so i want you to kind of break that down but um you talked about midstream and upstream and i know that um 10 net zero is kind of really focusing in on those two particular yeah. aspects of the energy sector and how important will bitcoin mining be for midstream and upstream energy companies that are looking to uh, you know, create this this free flow or the stranded energy um, revolution that you're looking for, and what are the challenges there? Oh yeah, great. I mean, great question. So number one, yeah, upstream just basically means you're at the source of the molecule, you're at the wellhead where the oil and gas comes out of the ground. That's upstream. Midstream is the transportation of those molecules from the, from the producer to a buyer, seller and buyer. That's all midstream really is. At the end of the day. So the technical challenges of getting in here is, one, audiological. Um, the most success that we've had is with typically with younger people in the organization that are coming up through. These are people that already grasp the idea of Bitcoin, already see the, 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 you know, the opportunity that exists in using this technology. So there's, there's, there's an age, I'll call it an age gap, but it's really an intellectual technology gap that is, that is, that is shrinking, right? So that's one challenge. The other challenge is just the classic 
uh, integration of, of technology right on your S-curve. So we're at the very bottom of this S-curve. We're just starting to go up. We need to have off-the-shelf solutions for these very complex and, and hierarchical companies. You can't just be a random guy off the street that says, hey, I've got Bitcoin machines in my trunk. Let's go plug them in at your wellhead. You need to have, you know, industry-specific designs, UL certified. You need to have oil and gas experience, typically, to understand what's happening at the wellhead, typically a technical background. You need to have the infrastructure in place, your supply lines, you know, from minor maintenance to the supply chain, excuse me, the supply chain of getting your machines, your engine rent, either you're renting, but you need to, your gen sets or you're owning them, but you need to service them as well. So there's a lot of different technical components that come together to make this happen. What's great is that you can now get this right off the shelf from a company like Upstream Data or Giga Energy or someone like that. I'm, I'm plugging a few names, but these people are now producing this. So we are just, I think, in my opinion, just getting through the early, uh, the early adopters. Or maybe we're still in the early adopter stage, but we'll, we'll be getting into the early majority soon, I think, just because you see Shell and, and you know, every, ex, every oil and gas company has looked at Bitcoin at this point, I think, um, and has done something internally with it. So once we move into this early adopter stage, that's what I think is you're really going to see this uptick in the S-curve of the adoption of this technology. And I'll add one more thing to that. One of the things that I think the Bitcoin industry is lacking in is really good leadership uh, and risk um, mitigation. Like you saw like great companies who have been around forever in the, in the Bitcoin mining space go belly up because they didn't have good risk mitigation or, you know, what I'll call traditional business um, models like, you know, hedging and whatnot. Now that these things exist, I expect these things to be incorporated into these, the new, I'll call them the new age of Bitcoin mining companies. But that's going to take some time. It's going to take expertise from outside the Bitcoin community to really integrate these things. So that's a technical challenge as well, uh, the people and, and, the, and the knowledge to assimilate that. Yeah, and I was going to say, um, you know, pertaining to Shell, and I wanted to hear your thoughts on this as well, was um, in this new write-up that they have. I mean, it actually came out in December. It's not that new. But they talked about creating a new form of um, dielectric coolant for the GPUs to keep the to keep them cooler, like an immersion cooling. And I wanted to hear your thoughts on that because I think a lot of miners, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, they're dealing with a lot of heat coming off the miner. So my thoughts on that, Joel, is like, what is your approach on that? Like if Shell does come out with this new um, coolant solution, would that be something that you would utilize at your, your, your facilities to help you, you know, keep things cool and more efficient? Yeah, no, awesome question. So the, there's basically three forms of Bitcoin mining technology, right? You have your air cooled, which is exactly what it sounds like. You're just blowing massive amounts of air through your miners to keep them cool. Then you have immersion technology, which is where Shell would use its dielectric fluid. And basically what it is, is you, you are dunking, immersing your miner in this fluid. And then that fluid is circulating and is dissipating that heat. What's great about that technology is that you can now capture a lot of that heat that the miner was giving off that would be lost in air cooling. And you can repurpose it, right? You could potentially heat a home. You could heat a pool. You could do something else with that wasted heat that could add value. So that's something that's cool about immersion. And then the third tech that's, com that's coming out and is being developed is hydrocooling. And what hydrocooling is, is instead of using, instead of dunking your miner in a dielectric fluid, 
you are actually basically putting up a, a heat transfer plate on the next to the miners and you're circulating water through it and that can cool down it significantly so these three technologies out there and existing a lot of r&d is going into the hydro if you look at ant miner and what's uh, micro bt they're investing heavily in hydro mining not immersion mining uh and air but air cooled is still the most capital uh most attractive option from a capital perspective for for bitcoin mining so especially in the oil field that's what we'll use uh and i would have a propensity to probably go to hydro cooling before i went to immersion but to answer the question it's like it's a great opportunity right like exxon shell there's a lot of co other companies that make dielectric fluids and this is an industry that they see as a growing opportunity so they can sell the dielectric fluid to these uh, minor companies to, to get this heat from a heat perspective i don't i don't think it would do have any real effect on uh climate change because you're not emitting any um hydrocarbons any co2 emissions or or methane or whatever to capture which because basically what happens is heat goes up and then it gets captured in in these molecules right and that keeps the keep keep keeps the heat inside so no, I don't think there's a case to say that the heat that's wasted from Bitcoin mining is causing uh, warming because it, it escapes and it doesn't doesn't get stuck in the atmosphere. I'll call it that. So I think that answers your question. Yeah, you definitely answered it. And that's more for the audience, too, that are, you know, they're not aware of mining or what it's actually doing. They're just reading a lot of the media foot or what they see in the mainstream media. So I thank you, Joe, for uh, for clearing that up for me. And I will add this this point, too, because I think this is really important. Right. When we do what we call off grid mining, which is mining that's not connected to any electrical grid and we use a flare gas stack, we're actually reducing the amount of CO2 emissions into into the atmosphere by up to 63 percent. So that's a net negative uh, benefit of mining as opposed to flaring gas. And then two, this is energy that's not being used. It's energy that doesn't, it's not included. So when people say that Bitcoin mining uses a lot of energy, we use that energy for something else. Not in this case, there is no other purpose, no other case to use this. We're using wasted energy, which makes it much more sustainable. So just for the audience's benefit on that side, like this Bitcoin mining bibliography is a phenomenal solution. For, uh, for sustainability. Yes, yes, I agree with that for sure. That's why I have you on the show because I really wanted to hear, you know, someone on the ground really focused in, solely laser focused in on Bitcoin mining. My last question for you, Joel, is, you know, what are your future thoughts on Bitcoin mining and what are some of the best practices that um, up and coming people that want to get into this industry can do to improve their chances of be becoming a good mining company? Okay, yeah. So, I mean, outlook on Bitcoin mining for us, I think is great. Although we are in a bear market, this is a phenomenal time to build. Your cost of entry into the market right now is actually pretty low. So, i.e., your Bitcoin mining machines are, are a lot less than they were, you know, a year ago or so. So that's really good for people who want to build out products right now. I think the barriers of entry into this industry will grow over time. I think that's because it's a very capital intensive industry, but you could start on your own in your garage you can mine at home and still do it profitably and then you can move out and scale up whether a, a, a small a small like uh, on-grid connection or a hosting facility build that out or you could if you have an oil and gas background or, or if you want one you know this is a good entry point you could become a tech or something like that like the opportunities that bitcoin mining is providing in terms of jobs and, and careers uh, and, and projects is growing so that's a really good thing that i'm seeing 
And then, uh, what was the second part of that question? Um, the second part was, um, you know, your future thoughts, which you kind of you you kind of explained, but more so like some of the best practices that people. So, uh, I'll, I'll use an oil and gas analogy. Mining Bitcoin is a lot like producing a barrel of oil. You want to do it at the cheapest rate you possibly can. So focusing on your marginal costs is a really big deal. Having a strategy where you can implement low cost uh, into your operations is a really good best practice for your for for your for whatever operation you're running. If you're looking to differentiate yourself, like for example, we offer immersion hosting or we only use the latest technology. You're actually you're playing in a dangerous area, I think, where that you could potentially get wrecked, right? Leverage is a very dangerous animal in this game, so you need to have cost-efficient operations so that when difficulty goes up and Bitcoin price goes down, you are among the last miners to turn off. Like You need to have a low cost of power and a low cost of operation. So those are just good practices in general if you want to be a Bitcoin miner, if you want to build a business. Those are two key principles, low cost of power and, and marginal cost on your operations. Nice, nice. Thank you for the explanation, Joel. Um, this conversation has been awesome. I really enjoyed um, digging into some of these aspects of mining stranded energy using Bitcoin. And um, for the audience out there, please check out 10 Net Zero. They're doing a lot of great things in the space. And if you have um, a mining rig or you know, you're looking for solutions, please feel free to contact them. But uh, Joel, before we leave, could you give people your social media handles and any last words that you want to give the audience? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm only on LinkedIn. I never got any of the social media, so I'm kind of kind of weird in that respect. But yeah, hit me up there. You can hit me up through the, through our website. Um, and yeah, just reach out. Happy to chat about you with any project or anything like that. And uh, I usually make myself available to uh, help people out. So appreciate you having me on, man. And let me be able to spread the good word and talk about Ten Net Zero. And I uh, love what you're doing. And yeah. Keep it going. Thank you, Joe. Once again, thank you for being on the Bitcoin source. Have a good one. Appreciate you. Thanks.